Looking for somewhere for a post-match point? To catch up on the crack and discuss the game? Why not call into Michael Mooney at the Sleeve Ross Bar, College Street in Cavan Town? The Sleeve Ross is famed for its warm, friendly atmosphere and great points. So drop into Michael and staff today. You won't be disappointed. Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast on wearecavan.com and Damien Donahue. And remember if you want to get in contact with us we're on Twitter and on Facebook at wearecavan. Delighted to be joined in studio by Paul Fitzpatrick, the sports editor of the Anglo Celt. And on this week's show we're going to be looking back on uh, Cavan Miners who took part in the Ulster Minor and on their 17 league semi-finals at the weekend, playing against Tyrone. We're going to be looking ahead to Cavan Ladies taking on Clare in the Division 2 Little National Football League semi-final. We've got interview with Aidan McCabe, the Cavan manager. We're also going to be previewing the All-Ireland uh, Senior Doubles handball uh, final where Cavan, Cavan's uh, Michael Finnegan and Paul Brady are taking um, part in that this coming Saturday in Kingscourt. We have audio from... Uh, Michael Finnegan. We're going to be doing a, a roundup of the national football leagues in Cavan, or sorry, the, not national, but the the all county football leagues, um, which round two or round three took place at the weekend gone by, but it was the second game of the year. And we'll be looking ahead in hurling to Cavan seniors taking part in the Laurie Maher Cup, where they take on Warwickshire this coming Saturday in Kingspan Brecty Park at two o'clock. We have an interview with the Cavan uh, coach Seamus Hughes. Paul, how was your weekend? Good, good, Damien. Busy as usual on a bank holiday. Always something to be doing. We're looking at. Uh, I suppose maybe to start off, we'll, we'll go ladies first. It's um, the National League semi-final for Aidan McCabe and his charges. They're down in Boar, taking on uh, Clare this coming Saturday at two o'clock. It's a game that they'd be. You'd, you'd hope or you'd be fairly confident they're capable of coming through not easily but capable yeah w- when they played Clare in the league o- over in Templeport I think um, you'll hear on the audio later from, from Aidan McCabe I think he said that game was on the 5th of February uh, Aidan had just taken over as manager there had been a little bit of turmoil in the lead up to that game or in a couple of weeks before it and uh, there were two points down at half time came back and won by two points so on the strength of that there's not much between Cavan and Clare Clare are a team that's kind of uh, on the up the last couple of years whereas Cavan have been on the up as well but um, reached the last eight of the senior uh, All-Ireland last year lost to Cork no shame in that but if they could actually get to the league final and win it and go up to Division 1 only one team goes up so it's difficult but that would represent huge progress Cavan won the Division 3 league back in May 2010 up in Parnell Park I was at that game they beat Waterford but there aren't that too many survivors from that team um, so that was Division 3 now 
seven years on it's taken this long really to get a good stab at Division 2 and I think they're in with a hell of a chance they'll go in his favourites I think I put that to Aidan McCabe and he didn't say you know he didn't say they won't um, I think he accepted they probably will go in his favourites and uh, that a big performance would be needed but he, he's confident that there's a big performance in them yeah, Kevin, by the table that we're looking at here, they finished top, but Clare finished third. Um, Kevin ended up on 15 points, as did Westmead, who on second. Clare finished third on 13 points and Leash on 12. But sometimes, I remember last year, the, the, the table was slightly wrong because there could be this shows points difference, whereas maybe scores uh, four come into play although Cavan have more scores for so I don't understand how they ended up playing toward yeah, I don't know I couldn't comment on it but the, there, do, there does seem to be some funny um, manoeuvres in the ladies football um, especially especially in regards to who gets promoted like it's jeez I don't know why the team is below except a situation where only one team goes up to Division 1 it seems like a little cartel up in Division 1 and mm. it's difficult it should, it should be two up two down and keep the thing fresh and competitive and big turnover teams but doesn't seem to be the way. So, like, if you if you're any good up in Division One, you, you can hold you on. can hold on. You can stay there for nearly as long as you want because there's always going to be a team coming up from Division Two who might struggle. There might be another team hanging around Division One who might struggle. So, it's it's possible to get a good run up in Division One, and probably that's what the Division One counties want. Um, as I said, it'll, it'll be massive progress for Cavan if they can win this game, get to a Division Two final. It'll be massive progress. I think they are going places. They've a nice plan now of youth and experience. I know it's a cliche, but they, they certainly do have that. Like they've got the likes of Grania Smith back on the team this year, who's a phenomenal player and has been for 16, 17 years with Cavan. She's playing since she was in her mid-teens. Um, and then they've got some... some so they've probably got some guards there who are only toddlers when Grania started on the team. Like They've got guards there that are 18, 19 mm-hmm. and doing very well too. There's, so there is a very good mix. Yeah, there definitely is, I suppose. As good a time as any to hear from the Cavan manager, Aidan McCabe. Yeah, they've been going. They've been going pretty well. In fairness, um, we had three. As it turned out, the one must win games because a defeat in any of them would have had us. If we had a dropped, you know, three points, we would have been put out. Um, we would have slipped down to joint fourth with Tyrone, and they would have put us out in head to head. Um, so it turned out to be three first um, must win games. So we didn't. We didn't know that obviously at the time. Um, yeah, you know, we 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 were. Funny thing is, we the we had three block of three games. You know, we had Waterford, we had Sligo, and we had Leash the last day out. But um, by the time we kicked off against Waterford, there'd been two two of the four games that Roddy could play that weekend. So we were we were down to our second bottom, and um, so it was probably a bit of pressure on us. Um, and yet, you know, while we weren't great against Waterford, we kind of ground out a result. And then, you know, in fairness, we we played some nice stuff in patches against Sligo, and then, you know, we probably put together a more complete performance against Leash, um, you know, the last day, which is which is encouraging. But you know, it's only encouraging. It's only worthwhile and worth anything if you bring it into the semi-final. So, you know, so please God we do. Players seem to be really kind of, um, you know, switched on to what we're talking about and and kind of. Um, you know, taking up, you know, some of the things that we're working on, taking it up and making it their own as well. It's not just, you know, instructive the whole time. It's, you know, to be asking questions and how would that apply? And, you know, we kind of come up with solutions or come up with the answers and how to apply to us ourselves. Um, you know, so it's probably the, the players um, 
I don't know, is buy-in a cliched, a cliched term, but, you know, it probably is. It's kind of bought into everything. So, could I suppose we beat them in, in round two um, of the league. It was the 5th of February. It was up in Temple Port, and we beat them by two points. We were down by two points at half-time. You know, how much of an impact does a game on the 5th of February in those conditions um, have on the, you know, 23rd of April? It's hard to know. It'll be, it'll be you know, whoever... Whoever wins on Sunday, and you know, please God is us, and uh, like I mean, you know, very bit of confidence in us. You know, they have a good six hard sixty-minute game behind them, and you know, they will more than likely need it. You know, a fairly good performance. Yeah, so Kufil man, Aiden, he's al- he's always good entertainment. In fairness to him, he's a, he's a good funny sort of fella. Yeah, well, I'm very impressed with him. I think he's. He, you can tell he's a deep thinker on the game. He doesn't. He's not the type of fellow to throw out platitudes or throw out cliches. Like he, you can tell sometimes myself and yourself do a lot of interviews, and some people slip into interview mode, same as we do in the podcast, slip yeah. into podcast mode. But Aiden doesn't. You can tell by him that he's he uh, he's not a man for throwing out cliches. I think there was one comment he made there was something along the lines of, um, I think it's a cliche to say that. Um, Everyone has bought in, and he says, "But they have bought in." But he, but he was recognizing. He was basically saying, "I'm not slipping into interview speak here. This yeah. is this really has happened." So I've been very impressed with him. I was impressed with Conor Barry when he was there as well. But it seems to be a very professional setup at the minute. Yeah, it definitely does. We wish the ladies the very best of luck. Um, if you want to hear updates from that game, it's lo- it's on uh, Northern Sound at two p.m. Um, on uh, sorry, Shannon side Northern Sound, where Mickey Brennan will be down in board doing live updates on that game so very best luck to Aidan and to the girls moving on um, we're going to look at Cavan Miners and under 17s who took on Tyrone in a double header on Saturday morning and afternoon in uh, Crubany up in Killigary's home grounds and they slipped in both games to Tyrone who just showed yet again they are the, the benchmark in Ulster yeah you'd be sick of the sight of them if you're a Cavan follower like us it's just they're just so hard to beat at every level, the, 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 when was the last time you saw a bad Tyrone team? They've had some some ordinary teams that got the most out of themselves. They rarely turn out that you say oh, that's a bad team. They all mm. seem to they're well drilled, well put together, and they have that bit of swagger about them. I think it's it's a mindset thing. They, they go out expecting to make an Ulster minor league final. You know, there'd be no. It's like Kerry. If you're a Kerry footballer, you're expecting you're going to win in All Ireland at some stage in your career. If you're a Tyrone footballer, you're expecting you're going to make provincial finals. Whereas if Cavan were to make a, an Ulster minor league final, it'd be a big deal. So we've a we've a threshold to cross that they don't have to cross because they've crossed it so many times in the past that it's become the norm. And we saw that especially with the under 17s on on uh, on Saturday morning. Now there was, it was interesting because there was a strong wind up in Crubeny, and Cavan started the minor game against the wind. And they started the under-17 game with the wind after that. So you got to see different tactics, the way teams would play with the wind and against it. Definitely definitely the under-17s were the pick of the two for Cavan. I mm. thought the under-17s played well. And what, what impressed me about them was they were winning at half-time. They got a couple of good goals in the first half. Or sorry, yeah, they got a couple of good goals yeah. in the first half. But they... Uh, when Tyrone came back into it at the start of the second half, Tyrone were playing against the wind and got three early points. And I thought... Here we go again. But Cavan then dug in and played really well. Sean Martin from Red Hills, my own club man, came on and I thought he made a big difference. And uh, Cavan did really well and I thought they had weathered the storm. And I didn't realise until I looked through my notes this morning, writing up the report, Tyrone actually scored the last six points to come from five points down to win that game. Right. I think I'm yeah. right in saying that. You know, they, they went from, I think it would, let me get this right, so it would have been, 
It finished 16 points to 2-9. Uh, so it was 10 to 2-9. It was 2-9 to 10, yeah, and Tyrone scored six in a row, which has to be disappointing for Cavan, but there's a lot of positives to take. Cavan had a free at the end. Patrick Lynch was very good on the frees all day, and he had one that he probably would normally score. So Cavan, probably a draw was a fair result. It was a funny game. It was it was one of those games. It wasn't, it wasn't nip and tuck all the way. It was one team would get on top for 10 minutes, the other team would get on top for 10 minutes. I thought over the 60... It was even, you know, in terms of who was on top the mm-hmm. most. But uh, Tyrone, there's a couple of lads on the Tyrone team. There was a guy called Donaghy, Cormac Donaghy. I think we were calling him Donnelly, but he's when I looked back, I think he is Donaghy, and he was he was excellent. There was a guy called Joe Joe Ogus, we were, Joe Ogus, as we were calling him. That's what he'd be calling Calvin. He he was on the forty. He was a class act, and another guy called Hoy Thomas Hoy Corner Ford. These are the lads you want to watch out for from Tyrone. But on the Calvin team. Uh, Sean. some stars on show oh definitely your own club man Callum Lynch uh, lightning quick very like there's any coach has a lot to work with there a natural athlete with that yeah. kind of pace and good feet Sean Martin as well as I mentioned did very well Sean um, Keoghan at centre half forward impressed me as did the other wing half forward Shane Hanley was a big rangy sort of player like the type of player that ordinarily would look awkward but he doesn't he's big and tall and thin and he's only new to the panel in the last couple of weeks he's much of Connacht he's only come into the panel the last three weeks or so and did very well what, what really impressed me about him was he's a huge lad he must be 6'3 and he's only 17 he that reminds me a little bit of Michael Argue with the long stride on him but what impressed me was he, oh yeah we must also mention the, the passing of Kean McGovern was oh, fantastic. It brilliant was brilliant. Much. It was brilliant. It made yeah. the game like it was class, and he created so many Cavan scores. But he gave a great ball over the top at one stage. Hanley grabbed it. He had the power to break through two tackles, but then he also had the, the composure to just side foot low into the corner. It was a class goal. So Hanley, there's a lad. If you saw him on a minor team, you'd say he's one to watch. But knowing that he's only seventeen, mm. um, he's a lad now. You definitely want to be penciling in to your notebook. Kian um, McGovern. I saw him playing last year in an under sixteen final for Derna Creve. He's a class act. Um, in the minor game, a very bad first half, no point saying otherwise. Sloppy from Cavan after playing brilliantly before that. But there was scored one goal in the only first scored half. a goal. It was it was a class goal. Well, young Corin was was absolutely exceptional. Oh, exceptional! Now his brother Chris plays with Cliftonville, and he must be showing him a few things because the ball was going out over the end line, and Corin um, came up with a, with a soccer style back heel, and it wasn't one where the ball was on the ground. The ball was actually in the air, and he flicked it. It was like that goal that Darren O'Sullivan got for Kerry a couple of years ago. He flicked it back, and we thought it was Lee Riley. It was actually Carl Cosgrove who finished it. Oh. I, I was actually speaking to John Brady, and he was telling me it was Cosgrove who finished it. But he smashed it to the net from close range in the second half. Uh, Corman back wing back and he, he had, it was class again in the second half scored a 45 and created a goal absolutely from nothing Yeah. and th- also two big men did well for Cavan as well it was Ronan Patterson who went off with an injury at the very end and James Smith came on at half time yeah, did really well it's a lot of positives Like they, they definitely uh, fought back well they just left themselves a little bit too much to do but if Cavan were to play Tyrone again in the summer like that's a, I would definitely think that's a game Cavan could win but again we need to get over this hurdle of being able to beat our own. Yeah, definitely do. But all in all, there, there was definite progress with the minors and the under seventeens. You could see that they've become ultra. They've definitely become very competitive and capable of, of competing with any team in Ulster. You'd imagine so anyway. Now there's, there's talk in Donegal about a great under seventeen team. It'll be interesting to see how they get on against Tyrone in the final. I know that the the last game there was only a point in it, so. Um, you know they're not. There's not going to be a huge gulf between 
any of the teams you'd imagine. No, apart from Cavan did beat Monaghan by 15 points to 1, which is a very unusual scoreline. Mm. You'd imagine normally when a team gets that much on top, they're running a few goals. Cavan didn't get any goals, but they got 15 points and held them to one point, which was astonishing. So, like, a great campaign for Cavan. Okay, a disappointing loss for the under 17s. Considering any game that you that you only fall behind for the first time with a couple of minutes to go is always a killer. But I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so that was disappointing the, the result. But look at it's a means to an end. I had a conversation with, with a Donegal man this morning, and we were talking about Donegal under 21s, and he he sort of convinced me, and I, th- I think he's right that while they're very disappointed Donegal and uh, that, that with their packed schedule of games definitely affected them against Dublin. Do you know what? I think they, Donegal got the, the the best out of it because they're senior state in Division One, which ensures these boys have a campaign in Division One next year when they come out of under twenty one football. They got all this senior experience into these under twenty one fellas, and mm. now they're in a great posi- place going into those senior championship. And they got an under twenty one Ulster title out of it. Like in Cavan, maybe okay, we needed to win something a few years ago, and we had to put all our eggs in one basket and get a title or two to get the confidence back. But w- I think we lost sight of the fact that. The underage grades are a means to an end. You can, like the reason that underage success is a precursor of senior success is generally because you have to win an underage. You need to have five or six outstanding individuals on a team. If you don't have that, how are you going to win? Have a, have a, a mini senior setup. Keep them completely separate. Have an ultra defensive game plan to get you to figure. So so you're going to be hard to beat. That's all the things that Cavan did. So your man made the point to me. And like, it was tough to sum up for me, but he said, "Could it be a case that there was as, as much talent on that, as, as much potential senior talent on that, on this year's Donegal under twenty ones as there was on the four Cavan winning teams?" And considering the the, the the last three teams that won, okay, the two thousand eleven team was sort of a team in its own right, but the the, the twelve, thirteen, and fourteen teams had a huge crossover. Maybe he's right. You know, Donegal is, gonna, is it is it also that's easy to say now. That that Donegal under twenty one team completed a double where they won the minor and the under twenty ones at Ulster level. They got to an All Ireland final at minor level. So you had you had confidence there from winning it on the age. You know the the big jump between now is is that years ago minor to senior was the the next step, but now it's definitely under twenty one the senior. The the Cavan under twenty ones this year and for a number of years now have been not allowing the under-21s to go into the senior panel. I know that one player was... They, the senior panel wanted one player at a certain stage this year and wasn't allowed. So you you wonder, does that develop that player to the best of his ability? Would maybe playing a couple of National League games at under tw- for the under-21s in the earlier stages, would it have helped them? Would Thomas Galligan or, or Quivin Riley or, you know, Connor Bradley or whoever, if they were on the county senior panel, played a couple of games maybe against Monaghan and against Tyrone, and then go into the under twenty one campaign, would they be worse or better off? That's the debate. That, that's the question. It's a, it's a tough one, but I would uh, like you'd be guessing, but I would guess they'd be better off. And Mickey Hannon wrote a great column on being the cell tomorrow. I think we'll coin that phrase. Mickey Hannon wrote a great column. <laughs> It'll be in the cell tomorrow. But he uh, always writes a great column. In fairness to him, it's always interesting. He does. Credit to the fella. But he 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 talked about when he was under twenty one, and he he played uh, three years senior football with Cavan while he was still under twenty one. He was straight mm-hmm. in off the minors, and he was saying that when he'd come from from senior training or senior match back to under twenty ones, it was like things were almost in slow motion, and you know he, there's a fellow with first hand experience. So he was making a similar point to what we were making. 
Also, it's worth remembering, Cavan have a history of of throwing in fellas out of minor that w- that works. Okay, w- we overdid it in the early noughties. Like, say 2003 against Fermanagh, I think we had like four or five straight out of a Mark minor team. Or Sean Johnson Sean started Johnson. that qualifier again. Paddy, Paddy Brady. Brady. The other following year, Gainer I think Gaynor was on it. Yeah. We, um, Sean Brady was on it as well. We probably overdid it around that era, but like, if you go right back to the to the 40s, we had Tony Ty coming in, playing minor and senior on the same day. Kia Mackey did it. Larry Riley was only 19 in 97. Gene Cusick in 69 was 19 and scored 2-3 and that was the final. You yeah. know, Cavan have done it before. Maybe we've gone too far the other way. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's, what's to say that, that uh, okay, David Brady got injured. He's one, for example, but a fellow with the physique... What's to say David Brady couldn't do it, couldn't do a job in, in the National League coming on for 50 minutes in that Cavan team? We're never going to know because he got injured, but definitely going forward, it's something maybe we need to look at. If it worked for Donegal. Yeah, th- the thing is we don't get the opportunity to look at it again now because from 2018, if you have played county senior football, you're not available for the county on the 20s. So your the, the mid-summer competition that the under-20 competition will become is for non-county senior players completely. So again, your do Calvin have a decision to make? Do you pull in the the next big thing that comes out of minor and put them straight onto a senior panel, or do you hold them off for the under twenties competition? It's something that. But if you're taking a cool detached look at it, Damien, and look at the money that is spent on preparing a senior team, because your senior team is your flagship, everything. In, the way football has gone, everything is is driven towards your senior team, and Donegal and Rory Gallagher accepted that this year and, and acted accordingly. It's it's costing five thousand euro a night to to hold a training session. That's, five thousand euro a night. This is a figure I read last week, and I thought I reacted. Your eyebrows your eyebrows are actually raised. Hold on a second. How much does it cost to prepare a senior team in a year? Three to four hundred thousand. A lot of teams. Yeah, well, well, yeah. But I'd say I'd say that that's probably the average, but the average is driven up by over a million in Mayo, Kerry, Dublin, possibly Donegal. Yeah, but okay, maybe not five thousand. But you have to pay. You have to pay physios. A couple of physios to be there. Doctor, you need to, doctor, you need to pay uh, mileage for thirty lads to go to training. Okay, there's carpool and all that going on, but that's surely running into the high hundreds every night. You've got you've, to feed these lads. Four different coaches that are coming. Probably, you know, you've strength and conditioning. You've your goalkeeping coach. You've your fitness coach. Forty or fifty meals. Yeah, fellas that are interested Actually, have to get meals. Not uh, five, five, five grand a bit high. Might be the top it's end. It's a few grand, like. But it, yeah, it probably is. Probably I, I, is. So. You know, when it gets into that kind of money, looking at it purely from a financial point of view. And you, if you have a, if you have another twenty-one who might have that X factor, and might come on and get you a goal in a senior championship match. But if you don't have that, you're not going to win this this new under twenty competition. Like it's not a decision at all. Cavan have to be looking at saying we need to win at senior. Yeah, you're right. So that's the decision made. Cavan County Board take <laughs> note. As that started. Moving on. Uh, well done though to to John Brady and to the the minors and the under seventeens. Best of luck. We'll be bringing you preview. The under seventeen competition starts the first week in May, where Calvin take on Derry in uh, I think it's in Kingspan Breffney Park on the Saturday, the first Saturday in May. So um, we'll be bringing you a preview of that game on on our podcast that week. Um, we're going to switch codes very briefly here because. Cavan are um, represented in the handball this weekend in the All-Ireland Final. Yeah, Damien, I'm pumped for this one. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'll talk more about it in the second hour. But <laughs> I, I have to be honest with you, I'm absolutely pumped for this game. 
the the uh, I see you're getting comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it brief. I'll keep it to twenty minutes. <laughs> Basically, Cavan are playing Clare in the All Ireland Senior Doubles final on, on Saturday in Kingscourt. It's the first time in about six or seven years that that the lads have had. It's Paul Brady and Mike Finnegan. It's the first time in six or seven years that they've had a home venue for an All Ireland final, which is unusual because Kingscourt is the leading handball venue in the country. They're playing Clare's Jeremy Nash and uh, Colin Crahan. Crahan's about twenty-one. Uh, one intermediate All Ireland last year, probably the best young player coming up in the country. Gerard Nash is about number three, four, five in around in, in senior singles, left hander, class player, and as I was telling you before, he's an he's an actuary by trade, very cool, methodical player, and he plays like a, you know he's not one of these these explosive power really side players. He's more of a cool uh, play the percentages type player. So there's a real clash of styles there with with the Cavan boys are. Are all out bangers, you know. They're they're they've a lot of craft, but they've an awful lot of power, and they play the power game like, and it's fantastic to watch it as well. So that's going to be a, a real clash of styles, and there's going to be a huge crowd. Adding more intrigue to this is the fact that Paul and Michael are going for the record of eleven All Ireland Senior Doubles titles, and this is an extremely competitive year. And people will say people take that for granted that I wish it was Paul Brady. Sure, he's breaking another record. Who who cares? He's doing that all his life. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and and you know. If, if I heard that some team won won uh, twelve all Ireland, I, I tell you what, racquetball is a fine example. A guy called Noel O'Callaghan won fifteen all Irelands in racquetball, and I remember saying to someone one time, "Asher, what's he beating there?" And they were like, "Just say my handball." And I was like, "No, no, handball." <laughs> but I will be honest and say, and I'd be the first one to to point to criticise handball in, in various respects because in handball we make a lot of we do a lot of things badly. But I'll say one thing is this era that Paul and Michael have been dominating has been ultra competitive. Like you've had especially in the last four or five years in the singles you've had six or seven players that can win it and there's very few single sports that you can say that about even the tennis grand slams you can't even always say that mm. it's it's very very competitive it's a very high standard and like when Paul Brady started out the Irish players couldn't even qualify for a pro tournament in America now the Irish players are completely dominating pro handball in America say that. Use, use it as a maybe as a measuring stick how do the Irish players do in the doubles competitions outside of Ireland they do very well um a lot of see, there, there's prize money for uh, for singles in America. So a lot of time you'll see Irish players go to the states and they'll, they'll concentrate on singles because they're paying their way out there. They need to make the prize money cover their expenses, so they mightn't play singles and doubles. Okay. But for for sometimes they will enter the doubles and they always do very well. Now Paul and Michael have done well in a few tournaments that they've gone to. They've won the U.S. Open, which is a big tournament. They've won the U.S. Nationals. They've won the Worlds together. Okay. So like they're they're very strong, but. The the other thing about it is they haven't won the All Ireland since 2014, which is incredible. Like it's a drought. It's it's a, it's a drought for them. <laughs> it's it's a drought. It'd, it'd be like if if Kilkenny Horrors didn't win the All Ireland since 2014. People would be, you'd nearly think, Jesus, what's going on? Yeah. But what happened was they were in the final the last two years. In 2015, they played Mead and uh, Paul got injured. He cramped up and couldn't continue and they were going to win that game it was going to a third game and they were, all the momentum was with Kevin <laughs> yeah. definitely going to win it yeah, well the Mead boys never beat them the Mead boys never beat them when, they're, when the Cavan boys were at the best and then um, in the the following last year they were beaten fair and square by Dublin the, our lads didn't play well it, it was a perfect storm Owen Kennedy played the game of his life it was played in O'Loughlin's in Kilkenny which is a slow court didn't suit our fellas and they were beaten fair and square on the day this year now the um, Kilkenny beat Dublin Clare beat Kilkenny Cavan beat Wexford and Cork so the two best teams are in the final and the the senior there's a whole programme of games on, on Saturday in Kingscourt but the senior 
uh, will start around six six mark. The minor doubles is down for four, and seniors down for six. There'll be a live stream on the GA Handball Facebook page. But I'd, I'd encourage anyone who's in the area and you want to see a genuine legend, don't let Paul Brady retire. And no, without having gone and seen him play and the same goes for Michael Finney and these boys are worth seeing so catch them when you can yeah definitely you caught up with one of the legends Michael Finnegan and here's what he had to say Nath is uh, in the top four in Ireland in singles and Cregan is probably the top under 21 player in Ireland at the minute so they're playing together a couple of years now so they're going to be very strong they're very fit and they're, very, they're experienced even though they're young they're very experienced so we're taking we're taking them as a very tough opposition we're coming to the the, the last couple of years of our, of our career so uh, these championships only come around every year so look at we want to win back our title that we that we haven't had in the last couple of years. So uh, we kind of changed our training a wee bit this year, and we're more motivated definitely. So uh, just putting it into practice now is the next thing for the weekend. Yeah, so that was Michael Finnegan. Just want to wish the the boys the very best of luck and, and encourage Cavan people if you're in the area or even if you're not, go and take the opportunity to see those boys playing because you never know they could finish up. They're they're not spring chickens, Paul. They're not. They're on the go a while. Like they're still they're still very fit, um, still in good shape. And as Finnegan mentioned there, they've tra- they've changed their training this year. They've really put in an effort. Like the motivation is sky high at the minute. But yeah, they won't, they're not going to go on forever. No, so take that opportunity. We're going to uh, go back to the football now and round, well, it's actually called round three of the the All-County Football League. took place the weekend gone by, but it's only the second game of the season. Round one was postponed. So uh, looking at round three, Paul, the uh, who's the standout results in it for you? Oh, there's a few big ones. I suppose... Um a little bit concerned about Mullerhorn's chances this year. Are well, uh, you going to start off with Division Three? Oh, sorry. Right, if you sorry. don't mind, Mullerhorn, they're not down there at this moment in time. I'll okay. kill you for assuming that they might be. <laughs> your Mullerhorn blood is pumping strong. Exactly. Um, yeah, I suppose the well, your own fellas, Damien, have made a great start. Killing care, um, beat my lads, Red Hills. Um, not that I'd like to gloat. <laughs> Yeah, well, Red Hills. Red Hills I, I, under strength, though. I also say um, we hadn't won a championship in in. Uh, let me get this right. In about thirty-one years, and when I retired, we won the the junior the following year, and we won the intermediate a few years after. So, they'll be glad to see the back of me. But um, Killing Care are going very well there. Not Bright are actually going very well. They had a good win against Corda, and um, they beat Kill the first day. They've had two good wins with with a young team, and their minors are going well as well. Mm, so they're, right. they're not playing all their minors in the senior team at the minute. So I think Not Bright are definitely an up and coming team. They get out of junior ranks before too long, no yeah. doubt about that. Um, yeah, who else has been going well? Drumgoon had a, had a win, a last minute point from Conor Mina. So Drumgoon beat Kildallan by a point. Uh, I've got a soft spot for Kildallan. I think to be on the go a few years now with a young team. And I'd love to see them making a breakthrough. It didn't happen from last year in junior, and this year's junior is going to be harder. But I think, I honestly think Kildallan could go on and make a junior final this year if the if the if the manager can get the right tune out of them because they definitely have the talent. And like that's a good result there away from home, running Drumgoon to a point, uh, and Drumgoon were playing senior football not too long ago. That'll give Kildallan confidence, even though they were beaten. Yeah, um, another away win there from Butler's Bridge, four eighteen to four points against Shannon Gales. That's a massive. Oh, result. that's a that's a huge result. That's a huge result. Well, the, like the bridge, um, were disappointed last year. The, the year before that, they, they 
turn in a brilliant performance against Ballyhays in the championship in the knockout stages I think it might have been a, a quarter final or a semi final and I thought last year I thought the bridge were going to mm. have a big say in the destination of the, the Gilroy Cup but uh, d- d- I don't know what happened to them last year they went off the ball a little bit and um, they weren't themselves but they, I, I still think on paper like they have a great they strike had, force they had a group stage that was very impressive which ended with I think their last game or second last game was a local derby against Beltorbet both teams needing the win probably Beltorbet more than Butler's Bridge and yet Butler's Bridge came out and beat them and killed Chandra so they had a good enough group stage it was possibly maybe they, they come up against uh, ourselves in the in the knockout stages and, and they just didn't function well we had our matchups done very well on them and, and a lot of homework done on them so yeah, you know, yeah. It, it might have been yeah probably been a bit harsh they, on them they, they achieved potential in the knockout stage well, Fergus Flanagan was carrying an injury Remember, he was right. playing as a full forward last yeah. year and but wasn't moving yeah he wasn't he wasn't. He clearly wasn't fit they also have Lurker Mulvey back this year apparently staying around for championship and everything so you know they'll They'll not be too far away. They'll not be too far away. Like if you look at the likes of the, the strike, the strike force they have there, like the yeah. likes of Keevan Riley and John Fitzpatrick, John Fitzpatrick, Johnny Leddy, yeah, yeah, Killian Leddy, class forwards. Like a Fergal Flanagan and Lorca Mulvey. Like on paper, that's a hell of a team. Like and mm. a good solid spine to it. The bridge are going to be right there. Another team who I thought were going to be right there and Killian Kerr beat them by a point last year in the semis was Lara, and uh, very surprised they started off with a great win against Bailey but very surprised to see them losing. Uh, to Den the last day but then again when I look through the Den team Den are probably better than the show the last couple of years they, I think they start, they played 7 or 8 on the 21s against um, against Lara and again a lot of firepower Mousy Kiernan still going strong uh, Thomas mm-hmm. Edward Donoghue Ben Connerty Mossy Corda around the middle Dean Highland Dean scored 3 points Cavell Keoghan is improving every single game yeah very good free taker you know then then definitely and we might as well move on into Division 2 but then are going to be there thereabouts for that intermediate championship because they're, they're they're always a championship team and yet they have the advantage of playing in that Division 2 like it, it should really stand to them they have 2 wins from 2 um, in that division too, but they're, they're they're definitely going to be one to watch come championship. Who else in the, the division? Then will be them I mean, as well if they can get a good league behind them because they mm-hmm. have never had a good league behind them in the last few years and they've been going in kind of more hope than expectation and doing well in championship uh, off the back of poor leagues the last few years. But if they could get a good league behind them, everyone buying into it, they could have a great championship. The other one is Corner Fane, um up now in the lofty reaches, second in Division Two. I know it's it's early days, but they had a massive win against Kilashander last week. Local derby and eighteen months ago, Damien Kilashander were playing a senior semi final and and lost it by three points. They were within four points of a senior final eighteen months ago. Well, you've said it a number of times. The, the descent is sometimes far more rapid than the rise. Yeah, you yeah, know, you're it's right. It's 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 a shame, uh, but it's pure purely emigration. And it is. They were they were the one team that that had a talisman and they were so reliant on him that was Declan McKernan like he was a ferocious competitor with, with Kilishander he was a one man army at times like they had good players around him but it's just the way their, their team developed that he was their man and when they're missing Declan it's 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 a blow to, the, to them yeah definitely Kiligary are racking up big scores 4-19 against Shercock yeah Marty McKenna with a hat-trick no that, that game yeah good man to get goals I think he's got a couple of hat-tricks before he, he genuinely is a good man to get goals I've seen him get a couple in senior championship as well Killigary are definitely a team on the up they, they've actually um, done well 
through a little bit of transition in the last few years, they've still competed very well, getting to a senior semi-final, mm-hmm. and now they've managed to bring through this this new crop. Your Dara Kennedys, Dara Gannon, um, Connor Smith, Connor Smith, even Matty McKenna yeah. himself. He's twenty yeah. twenty one. Um, a lot of good, really good. Brian Shannon's another. A lot of really good young lads there, and uh, they've still the, the older lads they have now. They're in around the 30, 31, 32 mark. The likes of Park Cahill and all those boys, but they're fellas that always looked after themselves, kept themselves in great shape, and there's still plenty more football in them. Kilgarry will be will be right there, I think. And of course, the one thing that's that's worth the wait and goal is a county player, a, a really good county yeah. player, and they have that in Martin Riley. Without a doubt, without a doubt. The other big big score in Division Two was Crush Law scoring five twenty three. Against uh, Swanland Bar, that's any day you can score five twenty three is impressive. Yeah, Jesus, that 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 caught me by surprise. But Gerard McKerna wasn't playing for Swad, but or Chris Corn uh, or Chris Corn. So that's probably their two best players. I know Michael Corn was was playing, and Michael Cunningham. They had they had plenty of experience out there, but um, just goes. Sh- I, I know Darren McFeely wasn't there for Crush Law, but Crush Law probably a young team, uh, probably a confidence team at this stage as they find their feet at senior senior level. Like they they were fairly well beaten by Lavi the first day, and then Lavi would turn around and lost to Bilber. That was the shock result for me of the division. Absolutely, absolutely, because Lavi or Lavi looked good. Senior semi finalists against beaten quarter finalists last year, Bailey were maybe in the intermediate. intermediate. Yeah, yeah, and coming uh, were coming off the back of a heavy loss to Lara. So yeah. I I think. Uh, I think it just goes to show how tight that division is. Very, very tight, and it will be. Yeah, it will be. Moving on to Division 1, then, um, I suppose, looking at the top of the table, quite no surprise, really. You have your Ramor, Kingscourt, Castlerahan, and Cavan Gales all with two wins. Um, you know, and I suppose Cavan Gales uh, beat Cuhullins up in Mulla, and I believe that it was... the. Cuhullins lads had a last-minute goal chance that could have could have drawn things up. That it hit the side net, and Cavan Gill's quite lucky. I didn't get any dispatches on that one now, but uh, that's a good a good win because I, I have a feeling Cuhullins are going to be a team that's going to be right there this year. Again, I know it sounds like I'm blowing up every team, but Cuhullins are definitely a team on the move. And uh, again, you talk about forward lines like they've got they've got it in abundance, mm-hmm. and and Keating back as well is a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it's a forward line, and not just. Good forwards, but big forwards. Brian McGee, Evan Dowhy, Eugene Keaton, Connor Smith, Adam Riley, small. big over Adam six Riley, foot tall man. Yeah, you know they, they they really have a phenomenal. Amount Gary Daly, Seamus Clark. Yeah, there's a lot really of lads who can all. score. Yeah, definitely. That's there's, right. there's a lot there. I'd say there's more to come, and I think Niall's over them again this year. So now that the under twenty ones are over, maybe the concentration will switch, and and he might be able to put in a bit more time with them. So, you know, they, they're definitely one to watch. Um, but the, but they've, no, they've no win yet and they've conceded tor- 39 points yeah. in their two games. So, you know, they need, they need a little bit more. Kings Court beat Arva um, by, what have we got there, by six points, but it was like 16 points to 4-10. So, you know, it it was by no means an easy an easy win, I suppose, for Kings Court. Yeah, I know Barry Riley got one five. I think he got one two from play in that game. Um, Kingsford are looking good. I saw Arva playing against Rammer and uh, I was disappointed with them that evening. Um, well, it was a game that got away from them. They had a lot of play in the first half, missed a lot of chances, missed a couple of open goals to be honest, and gave away a bad goal where a sideline ball back to the goalkeeper was intercepted by James Bradley and he sort of walked it into the net. Right. But Rammer ran through them in the second half that day, and I, I, I'm not sure if Kieran. Brady was at, was 100% fit that even because he wasn't his usual um, energetic force of nature that he is mm. uh, but yeah no I, I think they're, you know it's so hard to keep it going 
year on year like they've been, they were in four championship finals in a row like there had to come a dip at some stage like they've kind of been an, up, an upward curve for about four or five years now and like at some stage an upward curve has to has to level out yeah it's just at what point does it have to level out right? obviously there's an increase in the the competitions that they're going up in but they held their own in that division last year and it was fair. a tighter division there yeah. were only 10 teams in that division so yeah, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't rule out Arva yet. There's like there, the one thing about the Arva and the Arva lads are maybe an example of something Michael Hannon brought up on this at one point. You you play above the level that you're normally at, and when you put in two or three performances at that above level, that's now your level, and then you go up again. And Arva have been brilliant at doing that, building on those levels all the time. That's right. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, know, so. a- absolutely. The other thing we must say is that that um, they played probably the two best teams in the county in the first two games. Yeah. You know, they, they played Rammer away. Like, Jesus, you, you can't get a tougher opener at this stage of the game. And then they got King scored at home. Never anything easy against King scored ever in league or championship football. That's That's... That Kingscourt punch, I remember we did an up for the match up in Bally James Duff and Park Riley happened to be having a pint in the bar and we dragged him up on the stage, That's if you right. remember. It was before Casaran and the whole bar was packed with Casaran people and they all wanted Podge to say Casaran are going to win tomorrow and Podge said, look, when you have Kingscourt beaten, any day you go out, you have a hell of a day's work done and Kingscourt are very, very tough tough beaten and Arva discovered that. Yeah, and he turned out to be right, so he did on the day at Podge. But um, yeah, just looking look then... One of the teams, maybe that you know you're not used to. Well, I suppose maybe we are used to seeing them the last few years. League form, anyway, floating at the bottom. The Mullerhorn, there's an awful amount of retirees and and lads gone away. They're, they're very much a depleted panel. Yeah, the depleted panel. I'm sure the, the familiar faces that we're used to seeing on the Mullerhorn team weren't there against Lacken anyway. Like Paul Brady, he's on handball duty. I don't know if he's going to be back up for, with the footballers at all. But Philip Brady wasn't there. Mickey Brady wasn't there. Um, Paul Galligan's gone. He's gone. Um, Duffer and Riley was playing all right, and he went off injured in the last ten minutes. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. And my in-laws are from some of them are from Mullerhorn, and uh, I see the names popping up now. Um, the young kids from Mullerhorn that are coming in, sixteen, seventeen-year-olds. Like it's a big step up for them for Mullerhorn. So, like. You know they're in transition now, Mullerhorn. I think we'll all Mullerhorn themselves will accept that if they can hold on to their status at senior level now in the next two or three years. That's an achievement. That's an achievement because the, the pressure is going to come to bear. Um, they they got an awful lot out of those older fellas. Shawnee Smith came on the last day, but like Shawnee can't go on forever. He's been right there since '98, a stalwart. Uh, Tomas Nannery is another lad that wasn't on the team sheet against Lacken, so you know you're starting to see a changing of the guard in Mullerhorn. And that said, like Lacken. We would view Lacken as a bit of a common team, but they still had their hands full. And Mullerhorn always have that that battling spirit. And Lacken were relying on frees from Paul Eddy and Ray Galligan. I think they got eight frees out of the twelve points they got to, to get them over the line. But um, I think I just think that Mullerhorn they've only scored fourteen points in their two games, um, four against Kingscourt and ten against Lacken. I, th- I know it's two away games and. Um, against two good teams as well but I just think it's it's going to be difficult they've got Bill Torbett coming up and uh, who has to Holland. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the next two games yeah if they, can, if they can if they can get even two points out of those two games they're in with a chance they're in with a chance but if they, if they lose those two games now it's yeah. going to be a real, real uphill battle for, yeah, for the dreadnoughts 
stay, keep tuned in each week to our podcast we'll be keeping you updated on all of the league results and, and all of how the state of the table is going uh, we're going to move on now after that to the Horland where Cavan seniors I suppose thankfully are back in action after a sabbatical that lasted a wee bit longer than the civil service would would allow it to go on but it's uh, Cavan are taking on Warwickshire in the um, uh, Laurie Maher Cup this Saturday I think 2 o'clock in Kingspan Breffney Park and I went out to see them training um, on Easter Monday and I caught up with the Cavan coach Seamus Hughes and had a good conversation about how Cavan Horland is going Join here in Kingspan Breffney Park where Cavan Senior Horland team are preparing for their first outing in the Laurie Maher this coming weekend by the uh, coach of the team Seamus Hughes James, great turnout here and, and perfect conditions, I suppose. It's it's nice to see Horland being played here. Oh, yeah. No, it is. It's fantastic now, Easter Monday, and it's a good crowd here. Pitch is in fantastic condition and that, and boys are really looking forward to the game the weekend. And Obviously, it's good buzz playing on the main pitch in, in Breffney again after so many years, and having the senior team here is fantastic. Yeah, it, um, it, it's absolutely wonderful to see. I suppose you referenced it there after so many years, 2010 or 2011, since Cavan senior um, team have, have competed in the hurling competition. It's it's much needed to get back because I suppose it gives a, maybe a, an inspiration for the younger lads that they can aspire to be senior hurlers. Yeah, no, that's definitely... You've actually taken the words out of my mouth because I suppose that's what it's really all about. I mean, obviously for the group of lads that are here and that, and especially for lads that played senior hurling before, it's nice to be back and, and, and that, and it's given them an outlet. But uh, definitely when you're working, and we have been working for the last five or six years from the ground up, you know, when lads get to be like 17 and 18 minor and that, you know, they want to see a senior team there because they want to see a team that they can strive towards and that. And, you know, obviously it's your flagship team in your county and that. So um, it's what every, you know, there's, every other county has had one for the last number of years, including the teams across the water and that. So now the map is finally complete. Thanks be to God, there's no more black black holes in, in, in Ireland and in every county for the first time in, in that amount of years will have a team. Yeah, looking ahead, I suppose to the Laurie Maher, it's it's going to be very competitive. These lads won't have played any competitive games as yet. I know you've played a number of challenge matches, but you're coming up against uh, Warwickshire this Saturday here in in Kingspan Breffney at two p.m. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Warwickshire, and as you said, there like they're after um, playing in the league. There, they actually got to the league final and played Longford in it, and they went to extra time. It was up at the game. It was a good game, and Warwickshire, yeah. Like I mean, it's all, like all the teams playing in the Lowry Mar, they've been there for a number of years. They've played in finals and that, and I suppose with the way things have been the last few years, Warwickshire and that have benefited because they've actually got quite a few lads who would have been playing a county at home, like Liam Watson there from Antrim, and they've uh, Paul Hogan from Galway, an ex-Galway county player, and that. So um, they've got a good, you know, spread of and good experience team. You know what I mean? So it'll be a good test for our lads and. I mean, look, at that's all this year, I suppose, that's what it's all about. It's about uh, lads establishing themselves, getting the structures established again and, and uh, you know, kind of bedding in process this year. That's what the, the senior team is really about. Like, you know, you know, hopefully we can be competitive in these games and that and, um, you know, and then we look forward to next year and going into the league and going into the Ulster Championship next year. Yeah, it, it, look, looking at the training session here, you've got a very passionate Tipperary man in in the middle calling all the plays. He's been a huge help. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, there's no doubt about it. Having Denny Cahill has been great. And, uh, 
you know, it's really lifted the thing. It's it's shown the players, you know, that we're serious. It's nice to have an outside voice because the likes of myself or Sean Farrell and Pat or Eamon Dalton and other people that are involved, like, you know, these lads know us for years and, and it's nice to have somebody coming in, especially somebody with his pedigree, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's won All-Irelands himself as a player. He's coached teams that have won All-Irelands. So, you know, like... I mean, you know what I mean? When you've got somebody of that calibre, it's just fantastic for the whole bunch, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose even looking at at the warm-up and, and the drills that they're doing at the minute, you can see the skills have, have definitely come up. I've seen last year's championship final between Hill and, and uh, Mullahorn, but it was, not talking about the war, but it was uh, the, the skill levels of some of the players. You can see it improved here. No, no, definitely. Well, we've been here since uh, November. So we have, and um, you know what I mean. You can really see it with lads that are, you know, they're coming on and coming on and coming on, and especially there we're playing um, challenge matches. You know, like playing. There's nothing like playing games, and you know what I mean. It really has brought fellas on. Obviously, the boys, as I said, that have been here before, it's sharpened them up again. And for the younger fellas, like you know, it's it's. You know, it's brought it to a whole new level. I mean, it's one thing playing underage and playing through development squads or even minor under 21, but, you know, there's nothing like senior hall. And, 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 I mean, that's what it's all about. It's no more than, you know, playing any other games, senior football or, or anything like that. I mean, you know, it's it just it's, you're going up that level and, and lads know they have to raise their game. They know they have to bring their fitness up. They have to bring their touch up. They have to bring their speed up. You know what I mean? So there's no doubt about it. It's been, you know, it's been fantastic the last number of months, especially since, you know, the commitment has been there from the players. Like they've known from the start that this is a rebuilding process, and they know uh, how much is at stake. You know, it's our first year back. You know, some people have probably been nervous. Would we have the numbers? Would we have the commitment and that? But I think all credit has to go to the players. Like from the very first night. You know, we had Martin Fogarty, the new um, director of Ireland, national director. We had great numbers that night, and ever since that, ever since then, it's been like that. It's been steady all the way. You know, twenty, you know, twenty odd, even during the week, and that. You know, and it's just been fantastic. Like, and even as you see here, this is a bank holiday Monday night. I mean, a lot of lads are after coming back from holidays, or a lot of lads could be away doing other things, but they're not. They're here. They're doing their stuff. They're doing their drills. You know, they're getting ready to play in a game here. And, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I suppose not to put you too much on the spot, but who are the players that maybe the, the listeners wouldn't be familiar with, but who are the players that Cavan are going to need big performances from to get results? Well, I suppose probably definitely the more experienced lads and the lads that have been here before, like, like the two Sheridans there from Mullahorn and say um, from our own club the likes of Marquez and Rob Everett the more experienced lads lads that would have been around and that you know we need those lads to lead, show leadership and that and then obviously then you've got younger players that are coming through you know that have have competed at, at um, underage levels and that and you're, you're hoping that they grow into it you know what I mean but definitely I mean people that are no Horland and Cavan would know the names that I'm talking about there and you know, the Neary's as well from Woodford and that, and, and Ballamacue lads will come in and, and St. Phelan's. And, you know, they're the players that we need. You know, as I said, the experienced lads, and then we need the younger fellas to, you know, to step up and, and to go up that level. Yeah, just looking at the, at the overall, I suppose, goal within the competition, winning in your first year is possibly a wee bit unrealistic, but you're, you're, what are the goals for the, for the group? Well, to be honest with you, we haven't... 
you know, despite, I mean, there's been rumours and people have speculated about, you know, that we've got certain targets to meet and we've got certain goals to hit and that, but that isn't actually true. I mean, like speaking to the county board, really what our goal this year is being competitive, you know, steadying. It's it's basically bedding in. It's getting established. It's getting structures in place. It's getting lads back playing senior hurling and that. I mean, I'm realistic. All of these other teams have been going for a number of years. They've all been playing. They've all come through the, uh, the various leagues there. They've already played in them. And as I say, they've been competing at the Laurie Marin and, and some of them have gone up uh, and some of them have gone down the last number of years. But I suppose for us, it's being competitive. It, it's, you know, it's shown uh, commitment and it's being competitive. And then obviously, as I said before, from from next year, you know, when we go into the league and go into the Ulster Championship, then, you know, and hopefully it'll bring in, there is more players that could be here. There is lads from, from you know, Lexus and Phelan's, Cattell and that, that could be here, you know, and have chosen for different reasons, you know, school, working, different things like that, you know, that aren't, and hopefully we'll bring them boys on board, you know, next year and that, and it'll really, you know what I mean, it'll strengthen the whole thing up, you know. Yeah, I suppose the fact that, there has been a regular season or pre-season of training consistently going on. That's been a huge help, and and it might maybe lads were sceptical about coming in because they thought it might fall apart. Yeah, no, it's yeah, that's probably true. I mean, because you know what I mean. We've had development squads before, and then, you know we've had under twenty ones and that, but that's been a short, you know what I mean, a shorter. This year has been sustained, and as well as that, like there is plans to and I've spoken to Liam McCabe about it about developing a three-county, possibly a four-county league with ourselves and Longford, Leitrim and possibly Fermanagh, but that has to be worked out yet. So hopefully that, that'll be run during the summer and that should give more games to our lads and that. And uh, again, they'll be in a regional basis and they'll be against teams that we can be competitive with and, and that and that should, you know what I mean, obviously give us a greater base of players, you know, mm. you know because at the moment... If you were talking about running our own championship, but possibly two or maybe three teams, you know, it's not many games for lads. And even our own league, even though it ran okay last year, we had four teams in it, but still there's only a limited amount you can do with that. Whereas, you know, if we go into another league, and plus the fact, the attraction of playing different teams, you know, that you're not coming up against, you know, the Mullahorn aren't playing Cotilla all the time, or, you know what I mean, that'll be good playing other teams, and, and just... You know, different experience for lads. You know, so hopefully that'll build on. You know what I mean? That this can act as a kind of a springboard there as well. That lads will have got the taste. It'll, it'll obviously, as you can see yourself. You know, their skill levels, their fitness, and all the rest of it will have sharpened. So now, when they do go to play teams from other from other counties, you know, they'll be more uh, confident in their own abilities, and that hopefully not just the county lads, obviously, but other lads from the different areas will say, right. You know we're going to come in and give it a good goal, like you know what I mean, and hopefully that'll that'll we'll see the benefits of that, you know, going forward, you know, next year and the years going, you know, going on from that. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully the progress continues to maintain, and the very best of luck to you against uh, against firstly Warwickshire, but in the entire Laurie Maher. No, that's fantastic. Thanks very much, and and as I say, thanks for being here this evening, and obviously seeing the boys in action. Yeah, so. Paul, Seamus Hughes, I suppose, always passionate and and very much driven about Horland. Um, but th- from what I seen on Monday night, anyway, twenty four players in attendance. Um, you know, another few excused, but a good session going on on the field. They were they were really looked like 
improving anywhere from what I could see on my limited windows of opportunity to see the hurlers. But from last year's county final to to the training session, I seen definitely the stick work. Everything looked an awful lot better. Yeah, they've they've been at it for six months now. Like, and in fairness to them, um, I think they have really upped the ante in the last few months. At the start of it, numbers weren't hectic, but. I think they made a commitment to the county board that they would get the numbers out and they have done and the board I think had to monitor it for a few weeks to say look lads let's let's everyone get behind this and get the numbers out and they did and they're getting they're averaging over 20 at sessions Dinny Cahill former Tipperary player and manager is coming up answer manager as well he's been coming up and helping them out look I'm not going to bluff it and let on I know an awful lot about them I, I haven't seen very much hurling in Cavan in the last couple of years but I know some of the faces and names from from uh, club football and stuff like that and I know that they do seem to have a real bunch of diehards Look, my my wish for them is that they're competitive and I think that's what James Hughes said to you as well there Damien if yeah. they're competitive it, it'll be an achievement and it'll, it'll establish something for them you don't want to see them going out and getting hockeyed because that does nothing for anyone and especially when it's a group um, you might see interest start to wane then, and that, that's natural if you're, if you're in for a hockey and like Warwickshire looks strong. They've got Liam Watson from Antrim, as Seamus said to you there. They've got um, this Galway man, I think it's Hogan. Mm. So uh, Warwickshire are going to be strong. But if Cavan can made the league final as well, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be difficult. Like, like at the, in the lower reaches of hurling like that, you're at a huge advantage when you're when you're um, actually out of the country. It's crazy as it sounds because th- then you have you can you can get a smattering of club hurlers from strong counties to come to you. You know, a, a club hurler from Galway coming to Warwickshire is water's weight and cold you know yeah. like it's just it, it, the funny thing about it's all about levels hurling like and it's the one game where where um, it's just the speed of striking I think is the big thing like the speed of the stick work is something that you have to be you have to be coached intensely at a high level from from an early age to get the speed of that stick work up to scratch and, and it's something that to match the stick work yeah yeah it's something that you'll never you'll never reach that you'll never reach like, I don't think anyone is saying you'll never meet, reach Liam McCarthy level of hurling if you take the game up at 15 or whatever Like no, no different than handball you're not going to reach senior status mm. um, if, you, if you're late taking the game up so that's the advantage that the likes of Liam Watson and uh, this Hogan guy and some of these other hurlers from stronger counties will have and that's it's going to be difficult but uh, wishing the best of luck a friend of mine Connor Drum is playing for them and uh, always been a good hurling enthusiast so I, I wish Connor and the boys the best of luck yeah, with best of luck. We all echo those sentiments. <laughs> um, but if you want to listen in to the Cavan hurlers taking on Warwickshire in the uh, Laurie Maher, it's there are updates live from Kingsman Breffney Park from two o'clock on Saturday. If you can't make it, but please do go in and support the hurlers. It'd be great to see a bit of uh, blue in the stand in Breffney Park to roar on the lads. It'd it'd do them the world of good. So that's the end of this week's McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast here on wearecavan.com. My thanks to Aidan McCabe, to Michael Finnegan and to Seamus Hughes um, for chatting to us during the week. And of course, thanks to Paul Fitzpatrick for his contributions, as always, insightful. want to just give a quick mention to the We Are Ulster podcast that we're bringing you now on a weekly basis with Declan Bogue and other contributors from around the region. Um, if you go on to SoundCloud, follow us on We Are Ulster, you'll see it there, or iTunes or whatever your favourite podcast broadcasting app is. But please do follow us on the social medias as well. It'd be great to spread the word. So thanks for listening and hope you had a good week. Romar Energy offer the best energy solutions for your home and business. 
We offer A-rated condensing boilers for gas and oil, solar thermal water heating systems and cost-effective systems for generating heat. So if you want us to help you cut your fuel bill by 50%, check out romarenergy.ie. Romar Energy, working towards a greener planet.